0: In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argo's podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argo's scouting report for week 13 of the CFL season. Joining me this week is former CFL quarterback and longtime radio color voice for the BC Lions, Julio Caravada. Julio, thanks so much for joining me and being on the show tonight. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, from the opening half of this season, I have not, for the life of me, been able to figure out the BC Lions. <laughs> so I, I am so excited to have you in here today to talk to me about it because I, do, I just don't know what this team is. It's, it's been such a crazy season from the
1: very opening
0: half until the last three weeks.
1: Yeah. No. I, I, I think that, you know, I mean that's. I think for the most part, too, like we were, we're trying to figure out what the identity is as well, right? Like that's something coming out of training camp um, that this team, I think, is still searching for a little bit. Um, you know, the the one thing I'll say is the BC Lions uh, defensively were very young. Uh, they, they really kind of had an emphasis of trying to get younger and uh, they did that. You know, you look at the likes of... Uh, Jordan Williams, who is the number one draft pick, who starts for them a middle linebacker, who's had a fabulous year in the middle. Uh, Keontae Harden, who's a rookie halfback, who's played very, very well. You know, has missed some games with injury, but has been really good. Jalen Edwards Cooper is another rookie that has really stepped up. And then you look at the defensive line. I think they have five first-year defensive linemen to the to the CFL. Like these guys have got a couple of years of NFL experience, whether on practice roster and a few games here and there, but. They're rookies to the CFL, so there's a lot of youth um, on that defense. Um, and then you look on the other side, offensively, uh, you know they're, they're you know they got a lot of good pieces, but it just it, the inconsistency. I think is something that's really hurt the Lions. Like they just losing Lucky Whitehead a few weeks ago has really really hurt this team. Um, but Brian Burnham and Don, Dominic Grimes is another one that got injured early on, and and he's just slowly starting to make his way back. Um, James Butler is a rookie running back. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, good young pieces mixed in with some veterans, but offensively, they're still trying to find their way.
0: I'm not sure if you're allowed to mention Brian Burnham on an Argos podcast after what happened the last time these two teams met, where he caught about a thousand yards. Really? Uh, well,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's looking forward to that if he can do that again.
0: Oh, BC went up 55 nothing in that game. That was the that was the absolute uh, worst post game reaction podcast they ever recorded. So <laughs> yeah, that was it was mostly at the hands of Brian Burnham just torching the Argos yeah. defense. Now you mentioned the Lucky Whitehead injury. I'm not sure I've. I don't know if I've ever seen an injury to a non-quarterback impact an offense the way this seems to have, because you take that guy off the field and it just looked like a whole different team. These last three weeks have been a nightmare for the offense and getting shut out last week. How does one player make that much difference?
1: Yeah, that that's that's an excellent, excellent point about the non-quarterback and the impact that he had. Um you know, all I can I can really say is that, you know, lucky since he got here right from day one at training camp has electrified everybody that's seen him. Like, you know, being able to see him, like I knew that he, you know, he was a dynamic returner. I knew that, um, you know, he was kind of like that jet sweep kind of screen guy that they used in Winnipeg, but I didn't realize how good a route runner and receiver he was. And so, you know, you the element of speed and quickness that he brings to the table really, really for this offense, he's the kind of guy that he, when he runs vertically, he's going to take two defenders with him. He's going to take his defender and he's going to take anybody that's covering over the top because he's that fast. And, you know, I mean, for probably for the Argo fans, it would probably best to describe him a little bit like Brandon Banks was in, in, in Hamilton, you know, when Brandon was at the top of his game, you know, he was a guy that you had to account for, wherever he was in the field. So uh, Lucky was having that kind of an impact with this Lions offense. And, you know, when you have a guy like that who can open up the field, you know, the likes of Brian Burnham and Keon Hatcher and Javon Coutoy and Shaq Johnson, the rest of their receiving cores, it just creates more space. And since he's been gone, that space is really shriveled up. And, and you really, really noticed it against Winnipeg. Brandon Alexander, their free safety played – coming downhill the entire game because he was basically saying listen if you got someone fast enough to beat us over the top go ahead and try but until you do I'm playing everything in front of me and I'm coming downhill on everything and he did so it's it's had an impact definitely um and like you say like psychologically too like it just really really has you know it just it's had a really it's it's had a real effect on them and it, and and as you said like You don't usually see that kind of an impact unless it's a quarterback, Um, but he's really had a a tremendous impact on this offense and his injury has devastated them.
0: The Lions offense, just sticking with the, the Lions offensive side of the ball, the numbers aren't bad this year, and Michael Riley specifically has put up some some really nice numbers. And yet, they don't seem to be scoring points on the same pace that you would expect when you look at what Michael Riley's production is. How are they? How is it that they're they're not getting into the end zone? Is it is it the run game or?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I think what it is too is one of the big questions that everyone's asking out here is 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 the lack of running game right and the consistent consistency in the running game. And I think what happens is that, you know, when they start getting closer to that, to the, to the end zone, right. They, you know, that if they don't make it on first down, you get into those second and long situations, the field starts to shrink a little bit and, um, you know, they just haven't been able to capitalize. And, and that again is another big part of their, of their problems that if they could capitalize on some of those, those opportunities, they're really going to open the game up for themselves instead, you know, settle in for three and, it allows teams to kind of hang around. And then, you know, when you, when you're playing the way that they're playing right now and, and running into the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when they did, um, you know, is, is really sent them for a loop and they've really been affected confidence wise. And, you know, when you're down, when you get down in those those areas of the field where you, you know, you need to capitalize, I don't have to tell anybody who watches football, you know, those are, those are, those are chances that you have to take advantage of and they just, have not been able to do it. And it's had a huge impact on that offense. They've been able to move the ball, but not when they really need to be able to put it in the end zone and put points on the board.
0: And I wonder if that is going to play into the hands of this sort of, I guess, Coach Jones defense. Um, you know, since he's taken over the Argos defense, it's turned into a bend but don't break Uh, defensive unit which is something that he's run before like when they play cover one man they they're they're well off the line of scrimmage there's a lot of cover three a lot of really deep cover three they're just keeping everything in front of them I wonder if Michael Riley's going to have the patience to pick away down (laughs) the field and and find a way to get it into the end zone
1: you know it's interesting that you say that because we were talking about that today because um I know Rich Stubler's still there correct yep and Joan and Chris Jones and I don't I don't know Chris Jones as well as I know Stoops, but I know that they have a lot of the same philosophy. And, and we were talking about how you just described it right there. And and really, Stoops has had that philosophy for a long time. You know, I, I, I have to admit that in my era of watching this game, Rich Stubler has been, you know, on the cutting edge of defense for a very, very, very long time. It seems like everywhere that he goes – They have good defense. And that's his philosophy. He basically is going to say, listen, I'm going to play good, solid defense, and I'm going to force you into making good decisions. And you're going to need to be patient. And when you mess up and you want to take a shot, I'm going to be there to make you pay for it. You know, all those years, Stoops' defense, and I I don't know as much about Chris's defenses, but they always gave up a ton of yards running. Right. Remember, they used to give a ton of, ton of yards rushing. But in the end, it never really mattered because teams weren't willing to to run the ball 25 or 30 times. Right. And, and he knew that, you know, teams, when they got to second and five, they weren't going to take the chance of running the ball. They wanted to be able to throw it. And then when you did, he would rally his guys up and they they'd, they'd come up and make a tackle. So I would I would think that Chris Jones is going to do the exact same thing. You know, he's aggressive. He usually has a good defensive front four. They're going to put pressure on the quarterback, and they're just going to, as you said, they're going to make you be patient and take what they give you, and if you screw up or make a mistake, they're going to be there to make you pay.
0: So switching sides here, looking at the the Lions' defense, and and actually before we get right into that, I would love your opinion as as a quarterback looking at this, uh, you know, through the lens of McLeod Bethel Thompson, who for the first time in his CFL career has been handed the keys. He is now the guy after the trade of Nick Arbuckle this week. What does this do for him? Is this is does this increase the the pressure, the nervousness? Is this a vote of confidence where you're going to go out there and and really look to tear it up? How do you think this is playing? With him.
1: Yeah, well, first and foremost, I think that's that's probably the way that he looks at it is and he should look at it is, you know, I mean he's worked his ass off to get where he is. And, you know, I mean he's paid his dues. And what he did is he came in and he capitalized on his opportunities and he put the organization in a situation where they had to make a choice and they chose him. So if I'm if I'm, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson, I'm saying to myself, I'm giving myself a pat in the back and saying, Good job. But now, now the, the the part about now the expectation is that you got to go out there each and every snap and do it, right? There's not that kind of I don't want to say safety net, but you know, you, you, you when you when you're in that kind of a battle, you know that it, you, there's a guy kind of over your shoulder, and you know if things aren't going well, you know that they're throw him into the game. Now it's you. There is nobody else. So. Um, I'm sure and and I don't know much about about him personally I, like i i I think he's got one of the great releases in this league. I love the way he spins the football because he can throw it um is that I'm sure that he's probably seeing this as a a, a huge confidence boost and and now that he can really kind of play i think a little bit freer in the sense that you don't have to look over your shoulder that hey i've I've won this job it's my job now I can go out there and 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 play. But the other part of that is you is now you there's a certain level of pressure that comes with that right is that you've got to perform and that he needs to do it on a consistent basis week in and week out so that's going to be now his um, you know barometer is that 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 level of consistency and can he do it week in and week out and I'm sure that with more and more experience he's going to get better and better and better because that's what he's proven over his career to this point is that. He's getting better and better understanding the game. And as I said, his physical skills are are perfect for this league.
0: And when he goes to attack that BC Lions defense, I, when I watch the, the BC film, I, I don't actually see a lot of holes. You talked about all the young players. They're really good young players. They're not perfect. They are, you know, they will let a play. Mm-hmm. There are mistakes, but there aren't glaring weaknesses. How do you think Toronto is going to come out and, and try and attack this defense? Where do you think, you know, where do teams try and beat this team up?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that you, 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 you could use the same philosophy that, that the BC Lions are going to try to use against Toronto, that I think that BC looks at and says, we're going to force, you know, the Argos into being patient. And that's one of the things that Rick Campbell is going to do as a defensive coordinator is that he's going to, he's going to make you make throws. They're I, they're not going to give up very many big plays. Um, they're going to play sound defense and they're going to, again, make you, make you, you know, hit the underneath and be patient and, um, they're going to bend and not break. Like, I mean, that, that's one of the things that like, I think it was a couple of weeks ago against Calgary, they, they forced Calgary into six field goals, right? So, you know, they're very stingy when it gets down to the red zone. But, again, I think what they were able to do, like, prior to this, like, little slump that they've gone through, the th- not little slump, three games is, is a big slump, but um, is they need to be able to take away the ball. Like, they've been pretty good at taking away the ball. Like, they—they're, I think they're second in the league in interceptions, um, and then they were up there in the giveaway takeaway. I think they were plus 11. I think they probably have come down a little bit, um, after the Winnipeg game, but they're still, I think in the top two or three in the league in, in the giveaway takeaway. So, um, yeah, they're sound and they're young and they're, as you said, they're going to make mistakes here and there, but for the most part, they're going to give you 60 minutes and you're going to, if you're going to win, you're going to earn it.
0: And my last question for you, Julio is if the BC Lions win this game, what do you think will have happened?
1: Well, I think that if they do, if they if they win this game, I think one, I think they're gonna they're gonna have good first down success, and that's something that has really really hampered this team is they have left themselves because their their running game hasn't been very good and consistent as they've left themselves too often in second and nine, second and eight scenarios. And against like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and against like the likes of Calgary. Well, when you leave yourself in those scenarios and those defensive lines, know exactly what you're going to do. It makes for a long night, especially against that Blue Bomber defensive line. So they, if they're going to win, they got to be good on first down where they, they can put themselves in a situation where that second and medium, you know, if you hit the hitch or hit the slant, you're moving the sticks, right. And, and you're keeping yourself on the field. Uh, and and capitalizing on 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 mistakes, there's not. I don't think Stoops' defense or Jones' defense is going to make very many mistakes. They're going to make you be patient. So I think to answer your question, that if they do win this game at the end of it, you'll have to say that they played a very patient game and capitalized on their opportunities
0: julio i really appreciate you going through uh, all of this with us today i know how insane your schedule is so i really appreciate you taking the time to talk some football with us today hey,
1: anytime buddy anytime i'm looking forward to coming home um i'm gonna be heading out to Etobicoke so my mama can cook me some nice fresh pasta and meatballs so uh yeah no i'm looking forward to it it should be fun and uh anytime you need me uh just give me a call
0: I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That will just about do it for us on this edition of the Exes and Argo Scouting Report. For Giulio Caravetta, this is Ben Grant saying so long, and may all your pre snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya.